Being a mom is the toughest job there is, and it doesn't come with instructions. So it's okay if you don't have all the answers. We'll figure it out together. This is Mom Brain with Ilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Hey guys, welcome back to Mom Brain. It's Daphne. It's Ilaria too. And Ilaria, <laughs> one and two. And um, today our guest is Julia Stiles, brilliant actress, new mom to a 15 month old son, wife. She's just such a great person. I mean, I I don't know if you remember when 10 Things I Hate About You came out. Of course. But it was such an important movie for me (laughs) in my teens. And, you know, and then she's there and she's a mom. And you know what I love about her? She's such an inquisitive mom. Mm -hmm. She really wants to do this right. And she's asking questions. And she really is going into this mom community that that is, you know, that we're building. All of us. You guys, us, you know, guests that we have on. Um, of us all just kind of like putting our thinking caps together and trying to figure it out. I love that. Especially, you know, she has a career that takes her all over the world and takes her far away from family. And she was saying in our interview that um, building her mom community and, and, you know, supporting her family even when family's far away is really important to her. And I think that that's something that we are um, focused a lot on here at Mom Brain, that we, you know, we as moms can stick together and learn from each other and have fun with each other and laugh in the hard moments and celebrate the great moments. And that's a lot about what we're talking with Julia about today. About, about, about. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy. Will you do us a favor? Will you introduce yourself and and just like your a little bio, of, uh, your little bio, tiny mini a mini bio? Sure. Um, I'm Julia Stiles, and I'm an actress and the mother of a 15 month old boy. Perfect. Perfect. And Daphne and I created this idea because we get together. We're we're mom friends, and we get together and we just like chat about everything that's on our mind hence the name mom brain i know i listened to it i listened to many many episodes i'm so excited to talk to you guys um yeah yeah i feel like a lot of your guests um come in and share their knowledge and wisdom and i feel like i have many more questions for both of you (laughs) (laughs) well how is how's life with how's life with a little man one years old how's it going yeah 15 months it's amazing i mean you know it's it's absolutely wonderful i love being a mom he is the most adorable precious little being ever um and just the surprises that happen throughout the day are so delightful the other the other day we went on a hike and we were with some other little kids and he, they, they started like kicking, they were older boys. They started kicking a stick down the path and he just thought it was the most hilarious thing ever and could not <laughs> stop hysterically laughing. And it was the oh. most adorable thing ever. I mean, you know, and I'm sure you, you guys know uh, what that's like, but yeah, I love it. I mean, I'm exhausted. And I don't know how you guys do it with multiples. Oh, my God. So tired. Well, you know what? I think no matter what, it's hard. You just embrace the chaos. Mm -hmm. So I think no matter how many you have, it's a lot because you are giving, especially if you're a conscientious mom, you know, as you are, you're just like pouring your entire being and love into this little person and you want it to go well. And Mm -hmm. that's exhausting. And the, the worry I, the worry, yes, the like, like worry. now it's like somebody, somebody told me it's like now you're walking around with your heart outside your body. So, yes. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. the most intense happiness and the and joy and then the most intense like fear and worry. Simultaneously. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the perfect summary. And and 
with with however many children you have, you only have 24 hours in the day. I certainly found with my first that I put so much more pressure on myself because I felt like all of those 24 hours should be devoted to her. And any time that I had to be away, I felt like I was sacrificing something about motherhood that I didn't want to sacrifice. And at the same time, every minute I was with her that I should have been at work, I felt guilty about that too. There were air quotes there. I know this is radio, not video. <laughs> um <laughs> But I, I think with more kids, you, I've actually been able to take it a little easier on myself. I put like I, I worry a little bit less. I stress a little bit less. I have a little bit less mom guilt because I feel like there's only so much time. There's only so much you can do with only so much time. So mm-hmm. one is one is enough. One, one is one is a lot. <laughs> one is one is plenty. One is also the stuff that you're talking about, where like you know it brings you into the the joy of such simplicity as like the the stick story that you're telling us there's just such like it just brings you into a place where you start to really realize what the meaning of life is in some ways not to get like too deep into it but just like it's actually kind of simple we're like out there searching 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 and then you just see your little kid in front of you having such joy from a stick and you're like yes this is yeah. it Oh, totally. Well, it just also puts it all into perspective. And I think it all comes down to just how tired you are. You're like, this is as much as I can manage. And it's fine. It's all fine. <laughs> I'm not gonna... I, I learned about myself that I can memorize lines pretty much on the fly. Like, wow. Um, there, was, there was very little preparation that went into uh, working this time around. <laughs> like, I, So I, no I mean, mom brain for you. I you, know. have, you have full I, recall. I, something happened. <laughs> I would like, awesome. just, just like out of necessities, just out of necessity, I would like memorize my lines in the hair makeup chair which I didn't know I could do before that did all of you guys travel together did your husband go as well or yeah yeah we were really lucky he works on the show as well he, he works Amazing. in the camera department so um and he was he had worked on the first season as well so it was um yeah we were we were a traveling circus we were just um talking um to Camila Alves and she was you know talking about how her and Matthew really try to stay together you know our so my oldest is five and then I have three and two and eight months old. And, um, and, you know, with Alec and, and his career, you know, he takes a lot of jobs at home because now we're starting school and mm-hmm. we sort of started thinking like, oh gosh, can, can we, can he go and travel for three months and what do we do with the kids? And we're such people that we, we spend so much time together that it, is a little stressful kind of figuring out what we're doing right now. Do have you thought that far down? Have you thought about, you know, what what's your what do you think your life is going to look like? I hate that question by the way as I'm saying it, so I apologize <laughs> for it and and try to like not see it the way that it sounds. But like what do you think in like 5 years when your kid is in school? Is this something where you're going to try to work a lot right now? Or how how are you going to try to bring him with you? Do you think you know, have you even begun to thought think of that or is this like way too premature and you just need me to stop speaking <laughs> no 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 totally i i've definitely thought that far ahead um because we've been so nomad my husband and i are so nomadic yeah have been so nomadic and we really haven't figured out where we're gonna put our roots down um i'm from new york he's from canada we spend half the year in france like um and it, right now it's okay to be traveling with our baby but once as you say once he's in school then we got to figure it out i mean I've heard that there are international school systems where they can, with you know, like the, there's a, the French school system, they can kind of go, our nanny did that. Like the lycée français, français. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing mm-hmm. is, but the thing is, you know, the, the, the child is going to want to, um, any child would want to 
be a little more rooted and feel like they have, I don't know. I mean, I can see, I can see different versions of our lives, like where we're settled and we only commit to work in one place, or we continue to be sort of nomadic and traveling and there are benefits to that too, but we'll have to see what he wants, you know, right. um, it's just there are more factors now. It's this has been something that I'm bringing it up because it's something that I've I've struggled with ever since we had our first. Um, and you know, even though I have so many, I really only know five years of being a mom. And um, and I have I've I've talked to so many people in in your business, um, mm-hmm. and I've gotten some really great perspectives. And I just, something that Camila had just said that was so great is like she you just have to figure out what works for you. Mm-hmm. Don't think so much in the box. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. But you just figure out what works for you and your family, um, and and that just sounds amazing too. That you're that you're thinking about your son and and what kind of person he's going to be. Yeah, I mean, Strummer so far is very um, adaptable, which I think has been kind of good for him to to have so far. But he, I mean, he's only 15 months, and um, and I haven't spent a night away from him, and I don't, I I can't even imagine. Um. I mean, I'm sure I will have to eventually, but I, 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 I don't think that I will choose work that would take me away from him. You're like me. The only times I spend away from my kids is when I'm in the hospital having the next child. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I have so many questions. Okay. Here's, here's on my uh, list of like of the agenda. Okay. Sleep. <laughs> we have to talk about sleep. Yes. Um, and we also have to talk about being far away from your families. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's the first two so far. Okay. Sleep. <laughs> I, so sleep. I, I, well, hang on. Does he sleep? Now, like what's your, what's your sleep situation right now? So I, I think like I've heard you, Ilaria, talking about this co-sleeping. So, and I remember I I, I texted we you talked or about it, yeah. asking you about mm-hmm. that. So, um, so since he was little, we we would he would go in the crib like the first round at night, you know, bedtime, mm-hmm. and can nap in his crib and all that. But then by the middle of the night, especially when I was working, I just get so tired that it was easy for us to bring him in bed, and then I just roll over and nurse. Mm-hmm. But now that he's 15 months, that's a really hard habit to break, and it's also something that doesn't actually give us more sleep in the long run. Right. So I'm trying to figure out how to uh, transition, but it's hard. Okay. So I think, again, it goes down to what works for you. And I'm so so confused, by the way, because I've read all the books and I've talked to so many people and I just, it's like all mush in my brain now. I'll give you the best piece of advice that actually my brother told me, because my my brother co-slept as well for like a really long time, um, is that eventually your child is not wanting to want to sleep in the bed with you. So mm-hmm. sorry, I should say that again because I've kind of mumbled it. Eventually, your child is not going to want to sleep in the bed with you. Like it, they really just aren't going to. So the question is, is it upsetting either you or your husband to have the baby in bed with you? And some people are like, I love it. It's the best thing ever. And then other people are like, I want my space back. I want my bed back. Mm. Um, and so I think that you guys have to figure that out. Um, when I transitioned, so I transitioned my babies into their beds once I stopped nursing. Just because for exactly what you said, like, I'm too tired. I was too tired to, like, nurse them, then put them back down and then go back to sleep and then they cry again. And then, like, eventually I would just, like, pass out with them in my arms in the bed. And that's how I started co-sleeping. And so I, I what I would do is I would and I still do this. I sit with them while they go to sleep. 
and I made their bed like super fun. And um, and yes, they can get out of their bed sometime and come in at night, but I find that they don't really anymore, or sometimes, but not but not all the time. And eventually, they do make that transition. Um, and I think you go through phases, just like you're saying. Like there's you know some a kid the kid gets sick and then they come into your bed mm-hmm. for like a week and then you encourage them back into their their bed again. Um, I mean, it's I'm tired. If I can tell you, I, just, I don't sleep very much. Um, and I wish I had like the magic sleeping pill. I feel like right, you're better it, at sleeping. You, isn't that like, a, like the weirdest design flaw in terms of evolution and, yes. and na- mother nature? Like why in the most joyous time of life do end where you need to be like on your, on, your, on your game? Yeah. That you're like so <laughs> exhausted. Like, evolution got a couple things really wrong. Chiefly, why does it have to come out of a spot that like you're going to then have to use a lot? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what about like, you know, an elbow, like you know, something that you could afford to just la- have not used for a while. Um, yeah, there's a, and, and hormonally and sleep deprivation and all the forms in many Postpartum parts of the world. Postpartum hair loss. I oh, would get I would get rid of that one. Yeah, I don't and I don't understand why, except that maybe um, going through the harrowing experience together bonds you more in some way. But are you are you ready to be done nursing? Are you you feel like you're done or are you done nursing? He's still still sleeping in bed with him. With I'm still nursing. Um, I figured that it'll be easier for me to. I mean, I'm I'm ready to to phase it out. Um, I love it and it's been amazing and I'm so glad I could do it. Yeah. I could do it at yeah, all. Fifteen months is long, so long. It's huge. That's like a huge oh accomplishment. You should be so proud. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I don't want. I don't want it to be like. I don't know if you've ever seen the little yeah Britain melons sketch, where, like, juicy um, juicy um, melons. Yeah, the grown man who's still nursing. I don't want to be that. <laughs> yeah, please no. Um, so pretty soon. But I figure when I go back to work, it'll be yeah. easier because we won't be with each other all day long. Um, I, oh my God! By the way, I was I was pumping while I was working on Riviera, and try like it ended up being like I'd have all these. Com- where you would know, you store your milk? Yeah, what? In like a uh, car? Oh my God! <laughs> to have all these conversations with like grown men. Oh, out. <laughs> I'm sorry, we have to take a 20 minute break now. Right. Like I need to find a, a sink to wash my hands. Blah blah blah. They had so many. It was hilarious. They would. Their, their names were, because we never really knew, like, I didn't, I wasn't comfortable with saying pumping, because I think that word makes me sound like a cow. Right. And so I would say <laughs> nursing, even though the baby's not around. Right. And like the, the French assistant directors would be like, oh, Julia, uh, do you have to go do your feminist mission? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start oh, calling wait. it that. That's so amazing. Like, is that feminist mission? I don't. I, don't I think that was a language. Um, and then they called it the Strummer Snack after a while. Oh, that was French, which was kind of cute, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I feel so. Funny. That's so funny. They also. These guys, like the directors and assistant directors and guys on the crew, like they thought that I was going to explode. Like at, they were like right. afraid of me. They were right. going, like, like very tentative and sort of like worried that <laughs> is it going to is it going to happen right now? And I was like, no, you guys, relax. It's, it's fine. It's good. It's good. But really, yeah. just in the no. Now, now, yeah, exactly. Now, yeah. now you get to this point because obviously the older the older he gets, the more he's going to care more about the time with you and the emotional connection with you than the actual nutrition of nursing. And it gets harder and harder to break him of it as he, as like certainly from 15 months on, he has a real consciousness. I stopped nursing at eight months. So it was like, they're babies. They, they totally forgot about it within the week and they were like, fine, fine, fine. They always forget about it, by the way. No, no, he'll, he'll forget about it. Eventually, and eventually they stop. 
eventually and you can like distract them if you ever want to get to that point you just distract them and you're like oh like hey let's go do this and then they do forget and within a couple of days it would be weird for you to ever breastfeed them again and it would be weird for them to breastfeed it's a it's a really weird thing that happens it's nature and it's just one of these things where and we're done and I was so afraid the first time around because I felt like I wasn't going to be needed anymore like I felt like that was our I I was terrified to stop breastfeeding her because I was like well that's the thing I'm the food I'm the food and if I stop nursing then she's not going to want me anymore and then her and Alec are going to go off alone and I'm going to be sitting here and nobody's ever going to speak to me again like that was my dramatic my dramatic story the end that's it Um, and it's not true like it was all of a sudden she wanted me for different reasons and she hugged me and she kissed me and she did all these things that I thought we were going to lose our physical bond and we didn't. And also, it, that it was is something so surprise. nice to have your bed back. Like, I'm just going to yes. put a word in for like a big cozy bed all to yourself, just you and your husband. It's amazing. If so. I ever have like an hour even just to lie down in my uh, bed, like before the baby wakes up, because he'll sleep in a, like a little, either his crib or a little bouncer. And then when he wakes up, then I bring him into bed with me. I would like literally will like do like spread, Starfish. spread, <laughs> spread out. I'm like, this is amazing. Okay. So what's your next question? Wait, oh, the family. Family thing, the family thing. Um, yeah, you know, because they say it takes a village, and now I've never, I've never like missed being close to my parents more than now after having a child. You know what? I think you create your village around you. You know, doing even what we're doing right now, and just like, you know, just having a little bit of understanding and a little bit of love. And I mean, I, I think especially in New York, and you're a New Yorker. You know, New York is this weird melting pot of so many different people. And you know, Daphne, Daphne said it like an hour ago. Like I've made my friends into like the uncles and aunts of my kids and everything. And so even when my family isn't around, they literally call them uncle and aunt to my friends. And Mm -hmm. they come over all the time. And it's like, you know, my house is just like always wild. And there's always tons of people there. And there's a lot of love and a lot of, you know, good food and and happy times. So um, I feel like you, you do create your village even when you're your blood village is far, don't you think? I, I think it's I think it's actually something that is hugely important for. I grew up in such a big family. I'm the oldest of four, but I'm kind of the youngest of seven. My mom's family is like really huge, and I'm only eight years younger than my youngest uncle. And so, like, I just grew up with 50 million people always around, and again, very loud, lots of food, lots of fun, lots of love. And so, I do try to create that wherever I am. Um, in terms of like, I I prefer to have my house be the focal point, the the locus of where all the crazy people you know congregate. But um, I actually think. There, there, there aren't a lot of substitutes for the bond. Like I'm so close with my grandparents. I want my kids to be so close with my parents and with John's mom. Um, and so we do make sure they visit as frequently as yeah. possible. But we also FaceTime like every day, multiple times a day. So the kids always feel like, like if they, you know, get bring a fun picture home from school, they show grandma. Uh, they call them Ama and Runka, or they'll call them to tell them about like this fun thing we did. Or, um, but it, FaceTime makes it feel very personal and very like experiential as though they were there and so I feel like there's there the technology has allowed I mean obviously if you're in France it's different your parents can't come over every you know every other week but um but I do I've relied on it a lot because we moved down to Florida and my family lives in New Jersey and similarly we get to see them usually like once a month which is not nearly and when we lived in Manhattan we saw them literally every weekend um so FaceTime has been isn't it amazing the little faces like like the the the, the process of figuring out what FaceTime is. Yes. I mean, for one, like, oh, they're like, what? We'll, look, we'll look at the phone and be like, 
recognize the person. And sometimes when daddy's away, like we FaceTime all the time yeah. and, and he's like, wait a minute, wait, you're there, <laughs> but you're not there. I'm trying to figure this out. You see I'm it happening in their little brain. I'm trying to touch you and then it disappears totally. And then they figure out swiping and they're like, what does this do? Like, what are we talking about? Um, that's so oh, funny. Well, so, okay, here's a, here another question on the agenda, the list I'm interviewing <laughs> you guys. Amazing. I love it. Amazing. 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 so awesome. <laughs> um, um, the phase of, like, pinching and not hitting. Like, oh, so, yes. so Strummer is now in this thing where he, he, he's so, so lovely and so social and, like, wants to run up to the kids at the playground and, and hug them, but he doesn't know his own strength. And so totally. he yesterday accidentally poked a kid in the eye and it's never from a, like a mean place, no, but it's just kind of like not understanding the well, consequences of that. So how do you, uh... okay. So wait until you get to be when it is intentional because that will happen. And that's <laughs> yeah. like, and I have to say it's hard when your kids get hurt and it's really hard also when your kid hurts another kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a time with, so my third child, Leo is like, built like Alec. So Carmen and, and Rafa are very like bird-like like I am. And then Leo is like this a like tank. bulldog. He's, he's strong. He's no, strong man. He's no joke. <laughs> and we're in a, um, a play space and there's this woman and of course it had to be like her, she's a, it's her one child. So then you have that energy of like you're still nervous when your your baby is little naturally I was with my first mm-hmm. child he goes up to her he grabs her hair and he throws her on the <gasps> ground oh, no. and I'm just there and I'm like, oh no oh no like me like little pacifist me oh this like no this is so bad and then I go and like I follow the mother around I'm like are you sure she's okay I'm so sorry I'm so sorry and he was like one he doesn't know what he's doing he mm-hmm. gets beat up by his older siblings so it just it's it's something that you have to realize Everybody does it. And it's just something they have to learn their own strength. So how do you parent with that? And for yourself, I, I feel think, like. I think you can kind of tell the difference, too, when it's like where it's coming from. So we also met our like first bully the other day. And mm. not, he wasn't necessarily a bully, but he was like obviously super cranky and probably didn't probably needed a nap or whatever. But Stormer was playing with the toy that he wanted and he came over and he just started wailing on him. And that was the first time as a mom, I was like, oh, I don't like this kid. No, Mama Bear, <laughs> Mama Bear came out. Isn't it amazing <laughs> how much you can dislike another like two or three oh, year old? Yeah. You're like, oh, I don't like you. <laughs> but I, absolutely. <laughs> but I could tell that, that this kid was like mean. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't accidental. It was definitely. Yeah. Yeah, no, and they can, and they can do it on purpose. What I noticed when Leo was going through that phase um, was he would. It was kind of like curiosity. It was like, well, this has happened to me at home because I have two older siblings that are going to naturally have some kind of physical interaction. And then what if I do that to somebody else? And it would be like almost this like just interest of like, oh, I'm going to do this. And then what's going to happen? Okay. And then what's, and then if I do it again, what's going to happen? It's like throwing, it's like when they are interested in like gravity and like throwing something off It is. They're just testing. They're just testing. They're 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 really just trying to figure out the universe. I think, I think genuinely the, the experience that Leo had is like, what happens if I pull her hair? Is she going to go down or is she going to stand up? (laughs) So how did you react? You apologize profusely. And yeah, yes, you apologize profusely. You make sure that everybody's okay. And then how do you deal with it? So when Leo was going through that phase, I would hover a lot and I would anticipate because I figured my responsibility as a parent is to make sure that not only do I help my 
child through this phase, but I also make sure that everybody else is safe around. And I would, and you know, I'll hear other parents say the same thing. Hey, you know what? My son is going through a little bit of a hitting phase, right? Right. Or my daughter's going through a little bit of a whatever phase. To that. And I'm just going to be there to like kind of hover and and predict what might happen. Not be like crazy about it and like these like like crazy crazy like right. uptight moms, but just be kind of aware and to run interference. Um, and then you'll be amazed by how quickly if you teach them to be gentle and you teach them to be kind and you do it consistently a hundred percent of the time like oh no leo we don't do that how do you touch somebody and i always ask them questions like when leo and rafa hit each other i i make them stop i make them apologize and that whole thing and then i say and how do we touch other people and then they like go up to each other and they like go this and they kiss each other and they hug each other and they do that that whole other side of the equation and you know it's it's kind of amazing to watch and little by little they start to get it I mm-hmm. think in that way, two things that are really important about that. First of all, is the communication. Like you think at 15 months that he maybe has a few words or like, you know, has a basic understanding. But speaking to them and ra- and going through it with him of like, we don't hit like that or we don't do that because it would hurt them or it makes them feel bad. It makes them upset. It makes them think that you don't like them, whatever it is. Talking through all all of that, I think, is super important. And then the positive reinforcement, I think, is so kids learn so much. My kids have learned so much more by having it repeated to them again consistency but having repeated over and over what we do do or what we should do not what we shouldn't do which focuses them on the things that they're not supposed to remember or do and whatever and you do have to address like the negative behavior but then exactly what you're saying go to the positive my my um my mother would always say see one do one teach one and that's kind of like how you learn so i'm going to see it be done I'm going to practice it and now I'm going to teach it so last night my boys went at each other and again it's different when they're siblings Mm -hmm. so they will very rarely get into anything with another child but between the two of them they're like two puppies like going at each other sometimes and um, and they hurt each other last night nothing nothing crazy but it was just one of those things where I had to separate them and this morning Leo my two year old he said Rafa you hurt me last night you can't do that. That's not okay. And so, you know, there was an element of the C one, the do one, when he learns to be like gentle and we try gentle hands. And then he taught him the next day. It was something that in the next morning he was thinking about and he taught him, Rafa, you can't do that to me. Um, so a lot of times I'll make them, I say, no matter how angry you get, you need to use your words. Use your words. So, yes, this person came up and hit you. You don't hit them back. You say, hey, that's not okay. You can't treat my body that way. Mm-hmm. And um, and I find that little by little, the immediate reaction of the hitting goes to the hand goes up and they pause. They think about it. They might still hit. Then the hand, the next time the hand goes up and then maybe they put the hand down. And when I see that hesitation, I know that it's getting in there and they're starting to make the change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And by example, too, right? If you're not getting angry, if you're not obviously not hitting your kid, you know, like right. they don't yes. see you being violent. That's not good. <laughs> they kind of naturally learn about being gentle. Um, I think I, I heard, I forget who it was. It was some comedian was on a talk show being interviewed and he was talking about why his um, he wouldn't let his daughter have a cell phone. And it was because when you when you're online and you write something mean, you can't see the consequences of how it makes the other person feel. But in person, if you were like, hey, you're fat, and the person started crying, that feels icky, and you don't really like making another person feel bad. So I feel, I'm watching now in the playground and play groups, like these little kids learning the consequences of their actions, you know? 
and totally. and like it's not nice to see somebody else cry or or cause that unless unless you know you're a sociopath <laughs> right exactly there are always there are always like like that kid the other like day the, in like the, the meanie the like the meanie like that, that you spotted the other day <laughs> i mean teaching our kids to be good problem solvers i think is is ultimately yeah. what our job is like here's a situation where you, there are going to be you know disagreements there are going to be toys that are fought over there are going to be you know things further on in them as our kids get older but teaching them how to fix a problem not necessarily i mean avoiding problems are great but there are going to be problems and be, teaching them to be there and be like, okay, this is the situation. How can I make this better? I think is going to be, you know, but even before they're verbal, it's really fascinating to see, to see Strummer. Like he, he only has a couple words, but he, mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, I'm seeing that he can understand when you communicate and talk. And even though, you know, it's, it's like a different, a different level of communication. Yeah. Really- yeah. No, it's the cutest thing is when you give them like little tasks when they're little they're like, okay, go over and can you throw this in Bring the trash spoon. for me? And they're like, like waddle, waddle yeah. over and go and, and do you're that. like, you do understand. You're you not an that. alien. You, it. you exactly. understand exactly. me. Um, but real- I think giving them giving them agency in their emotions is a really like something that we've been we've been spending a lot of time with because my oldest my daughter is four, almost five. Girls are just different. They develop differently. They have an awareness that's different. They have their own struggles, certainly. But like in terms of controlling themselves, their bodies, their responses to things, it's been she's been pretty smooth sailing. But my son, who's three, has like it's just hard for when he gets overwhelmed, he's overwhelmed and he doesn't know how to calm himself down or he um, he wants to lash out and throw things. And he, he very rarely will lash out at other people, but he wants to just like you know, release his energy some way. And I think something that we've had a lot of success with is is saying, Are you, you're frustrated. Here's why you're frustrated. And then here's how you can deal with it being frustrated. And then like we have punching pillows, like where I'll, I'll show him how to like fight with a pillow or how to jump up and down or how to release and expend the energy another way so that he can calm down enough to get to the emotional level. And obviously at 15 months, Stromer's too young for like a lot of that intervention. But I think that's sort of where my brain immediately went is, is, is at I, it sounds what you know what we were describing sounds more just like testing his environment, testing his impact on the environment. But if he were ever to be in an, in an altercation with another kid, I think it's really or feel frustrated by something or overwhelmed by something. I think it's really just about giving them that chance to to experience it and to have good coping strategies too. Mm-hmm. Um, they they um you'll you'll notice as well. I think you'll notice as well. My prediction because I've seen this with with my kids and with other kids is that y- if something happens to him. A few weeks later, he might try that out. Mm. So that's like, what I was afraid about with this uh, this other kid that hit him. I was like, no, I like like luckily he didn't he didn't he was startled and but he didn't cry and he didn't hit back. But I'm like, oh god, if this keeps happening, what what, what if he starts imitating that behavior? Yeah. But, and he and he might, and that's okay. And we all do it. You know what I mean? Like, and it might again, it might be in like three weeks when it comes up. Like mm-hmm. a lot of times you will, will be saying something and I'm like, I like don't swear they're going to. And he's like, they didn't hear it. And then oh, like, definitely three weeks later, they like say something. and I'm like, oh, my God. See, I told you. He's like, I didn't just say that. I'm like, you did three weeks ago and they remember it. <laughs> yeah. No. And raising a boy is challenging. Like oh, I, I, I think about it all the time. Like you, you, you have you want a boy who's going to grow up to be a man and be able to, let's say, defend himself or, Mm -hmm. you know, but also not be violent or mean. And it's like a really fine line, you know? 
Yeah, be a good, be a be a good person. It's good. Yeah, just be a good person. Just be a good person. <laughs> now, is it was interesting, and I I don't know if you I it resonated with me so much, and I'm sure that you you've had to talk about this before. So I hope it's not it's not annoying that I'm bringing it up. But I saw the whole like the baby wearing thing, um, post because I had the same experience, um, and uh, many times being, criti- being criticized for, for baby wearing and like that you're doing it wrong. That I was that, no, 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 that no, I was no, doing no. that I was doing it wrong, and I actually saw your your that picture, um, um, and I was like, I've definitely carried my baby around exactly like that, and of course you're not going to smother your child. That's the most re- like preposterous thing I've ever heard in my life, yeah. and I would carry my baby low because I'd nurse her. This is Carmen that I used to get it a lot with. Well, and I, you were walking. Well, I'm walking. I'm, I'm a New Yorker. I'm kind of like on the go. I, I do it now. I like, I just like, stop. it's just a great. It's like, I don't have time to stop. I'm like, I'm too busy. And people would be like, you're supposed to be able to kiss the top of the head. And they have like all these like, like literally it feels like somebody's there with like a tiny little tape measure mm-hmm. on, on the, mm-hmm. on the picture. Um, and, and it just got to a point where I was like, you know, guys, I'm, I, I obviously I know what's right for my child because I'm the mom. Thank you very, thank you very much, and I'm going to move on from that. Um, but it is, yeah, you know, my mommy judgment really has to stop. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. I, that was my first exposure to it, and he was like five weeks old or something. I mean, and you're still so emotional at that point, and they're like, what did I know, you know? But um, I don't think it was dangerous. You, it was not. It was not. Then it got into a little bit of like a. I mean, I guess I also kind of learned from it. Like, oh, sorry, his feet were tucked in. I didn't know you were not supposed to do that. I, I tuck my baby's feet in like that, by the way. And I have four and they're fine. <laughs> I tuck them in because I don't like spreading them out because it feels like it's a lot for their I hips. I know, it feels like a frog. I don't, like, not I don't do that until they're bigger. I, cut, I, I put them in exactly like you had, by the way. Oh. I don't know. Now we'll bring on the online mommy haters right now. <laughs> it's it's at Ilaria Baldwin, by the way. Direct all your all your comments to me. It's fine. I'll take it. I think with four children, you have like what is that? Like like a carte blanche. You, you get a, yeah. What what would you're like the utmost authority probably on? No, you no, would think so, but no, people are no, just people as willing still, to yeah, give you. Yeah. You know, everyone has their like one little thing that they really own, and it's like their expertise. Like you have like the car seat people and you have the baby wearing people and you have the baby feeding people and you oh, have yeah, the sleeping never people post a picture have... in a car seat <laughs> because no matter <laughs> what one piece of advice we can never give you. do it yeah. it's going to be wrong no matter what that's another question like the so so that was my first lesson i learned the hard way and like okay i'm not i'm not sharing online anymore like i'm not posting pictures of my kid i'm not and i and i was so exuberant from like just having had a baby and wanting to share it with the so world crushing. that it was such a and innocent, like, hey, look at this. And then I quickly realized, like, oh, no, this is off limits, which I'm amazed that, you, you know, you guys are pretty open about. I'm open because it actually made it better. Really? So the, fir- the first thing to realize, at least for me, um, was the amount of mommy shamers or whatever we want to call them. The amount of negative comments are like me compared to like all the wonderful things. And like that was something a conversation I had to have with myself. Like why am I always like most people yeah, fixating looking at on the, the negative. negative? I need to look at the positive ones. So there was like that and and just being solid in my parenting choices. Like I am I am sure that what I'm doing are very conscious decisions. Can I learn from other people? Absolutely. But like you know nobody needs to be mean to me about it. Um and then, you know, I I was very precious about Carmen's photo at the beginning. It felt very um, weird to me. I mean, you're you're used to being you're you you're used to being a famous person. It, everything went really really quickly for me in terms of like all of a sudden being more um, in a 
spotlight of people. I don't want to call it spotlight, but you know what I mean. But like being in the news more, um, for lack of a better word. And it felt very... Um, uh, what invasive. It, it felt very invasive. And so I completely closed off. I like even got stressed out when my friends were taking photos of the baby. And I just like was like really, really, really neurotic about it. And then one of my friends um, who shall remain nameless right now, but who is is famous. She was like, you know what you need to do? Just put the photos out there because then the online publications get it for free. So we had so much people clamoring for images. And if I just put the images online, they're free and the publications can get them for free. There's no bounty. They're not they're not worth anything because why would they pay somebody when they can just get the image from from my Instagram? So I just started putting more and more and more. And then I just also realized, like, what am I so afraid of? And I've always been happy to face my fears And one of my fears was, you know, putting the image of my children out there. So the more that I did it, the more I was like, okay, I have nothing to hide. This is what it is. And I'm okay with it. And I just slept so much better at night. I don't know. I feel like I go back and forth. I will have moments and months where I feel exactly like that, where like, Maybe it's maybe I feel like I'm learning as much as I'm giving and I feel like I'm in this phase of life where I really want to um, to be in that sharing and and just like open forum uh, you know, pa- parenting community that I feel really lucky. I feel like in, for the most part, certainly everyone has those like negative comments that stick with you. But for the most part, I found social media to be a very, a very positive place. But then I'll, the pendulum will swing the other way and I'll start thinking not about my kids now, but about my kids 10 years from now or 15 years from now, going back and seeing all that I shared of them and their lives and their funny little mo- moments that I find so adorable and like delicious. And just I like I, and I mean, the people who choose to follow me seem to think the same. But but as they become adults, like, are they going to think that that was the right choice to make? Um and, and so I go back. I really do go like just totally back and forth, back and forth on all and all into the spectrum. Um, but I think what I've ultimately resolved with myself is is exactly what you said, Alari, where like as long as I'm really solid in why I'm making the choices that I'm making and I don't feel vulnerable to the critique because I there's a logic to what. First of all, I've raised three kids at this point. Like, I think I know sort of what I'm doing, sort of what I'm doing. Um, and and. If I've made a if I've made a choice, please be guaranteed that like it's because I love my children more than anything else in the world. Like, trust me that I love my children more than you love my children. Like, um, it's given me a lot of reprieve from feeling like I need to justify things. Like I used to feel like I had to justify choices and pictures and things that I would do, and now now I just sort of feel like don't follow me. They're just you know follow you know, only follow the parts that you like. Like I don't I'm not I don't need to explain. Um so it sounds like though you have such a busy life, such I mean a hugely busy schedule. Obviously you and your husband get to work together, which is nice, but I don't know how much private time you get on set together and you're in France, so romantic. Like what what when if ever do you get alone time, me time? We talk a lot about me time on this show and like how you how you refuel, how you recharge um and and then when do, if ever, do you get alone time with your husband? Good question. Um, I, I mean, I, I do make time to, um, I, I, I feel like I, I'm probably like you, Laria, I kind of need exercise and that's my, that's my form of meditation and kind of, uh, ways of, it just makes me feel good. And I don't mean like going to the gym and, and, and wearing myself out, but like yoga, I, I'll make, t- I, I prioritize like doing yoga and it's a lot less than it, 
was when before I was pregnant or had a kid. Um, so now it's maybe only three times a week or whatever, or it's not even a full class. Maybe it's just like a 10 minute little stretch in my living room. Um, uh, yeah. And I just, I schedule it. Like, um, I, I had a long conversation with my husband where I was like, look, I have to tend to myself in order to tend to other people. And it's not a selfish thing. I mean, we all talk about it. It's not selfish. It's actually just making me a better mother and making me a better spouse. Um, Sometimes it goes by the wayside, but I, I try to, I love your, your, your stolen moments, found moments. Found moments. Oh, I love yeah. that you love them. <laughs> yeah. um, but things like that. Yeah. I'll just, I just, uh, even, you know, sometimes it's just like, oh, I get to take a hot shower and I'm going to savor this moment of like, mm-hmm. I, I'm, it's quiet time. It's just for me. Um, I listen to the radio a lot. That's also like, that's whether it's music or the news, you know, the news is kind of depressing, but those are the things that I've come to really appreciate now. Um, time with my husband, we haven't figured that one out. I mean, <laughs> we're, like, we're like, see you in five years. Um, <laughs> no, we, yeah, we'll make like, you know, we'll have date night. Um, it's wonderful when my parents come to visit because they're like, you know, my mother will set an alarm and she'll be awake before everybody in the house and I'll come downstairs with the baby and she'll be like, okay, are you done nursing? Go back to bed. And then they'll be like playing with him all day long. And, and that night they'll be like, go out, go out, go out. You know? So we try to get as much grandma and grandpa time in as we can. And that's how we reconnect because it's, you know, or hiring a babysitter, but it's hard. I mean, even when we're, we were working together and like seeing each other all day long on set, but still, you know, work finding it's work and you're, it's finding it hard to connect and actually just have time alone, alone. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't figured it out really yet, but I figured it's a phase. And my husband's super patient, so that's nice. Okay. The you most need to have important. grandma and grandpa over yeah. all the time. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Bring them to Paris. Your mom's lovely. Does she, does she, does she, does she, does she do want to come to my house, too? <laughs> she's the best. She's the best. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> Although she's not, well, I'm, this is not a criticism, but she, like, she, the, the, she, it's funny how like I learned so much from my mother now about parenting, but we do have different philosophies sometimes, yeah. which is like, um, I've gotten more and more into the, like, no, we really have to stick to like the routine and the schedule. And she's like, what? We let you guys stay up until you just were too tired and went to bed on your own. That's and my like, mom. That doesn't, that doesn't work, mom. I really don't. <laughs> Isn't that funny though, how you can end up with such different parenting philosophies. And then also they, uh, you know, uh, your my parents are 30 years removed from when I was a baby. So they're they don't like, remember they quite don't the remember same that it was. The same. They're like, oh, you were easy. We took you everywhere and you just went to sleep when you felt like it. <laughs> it's like, that's not how my life works. It's so not it. Um, but I, you know, you make it work. Would you say, is your husband hands on, hands on daddy? Yeah, totally. Um, he is, uh, his, his work schedule is pretty demanding, but he's like super patient, so loving and attentive. Um, yeah. And I, and I sometimes, I don't take it for granted, but I sometimes forget that like, that's not always the natural default for certainly the dad or a father, you know, but yeah, he changes diapers. He, plays with strummer all the time. He's really, really loving. He's really, I mean, as a baseline, he's like really loving and, and patient. I think that's the huge, the biggest thing is like, I'm constantly like, oh yeah, it's not necessarily automatic that like you wouldn't, you'd be fine with the chaos and the messes and the, you know, lack of control over everything. 
Now, Alec has changed one diaper once, and it was a disaster. Exactly. He was like, "I'm just going to do this so badly." By the way, feigned incompetence is like one of the best ways to get out of ever being asked to do anything. Like something tells me, something tells me this was planned. <laughs> laundry. I was like, I put, I put the a red sock, put one red sock, and like, like dried the towel. I don't know what I did, but but I never, I never have to do my husband's laundry again because I didn't do it. Right. <laughs> That's amazing. That is so good. I'm going to start deciding to do that around the house. My mom used to, because like, for whatever reason, I don't know why I have so many memories as a kid of like our car breaking down and my dad being like, I've got surgery in the morning. I've got to go. And so he would like peel off into the night and my mom and the kids would be, oh my gosh, this happened like multiple times where we'd be sitting on the side of the highway, like waiting for the tow truck. And then like the tow truck guy would take us into Boston or wherever the closest city was. It was usually driving home from Maine. But it was so funny because my mom would always say like, I wish I just acted like a dummy once. Once so that he wouldn't trust me to handle all the like the logistics of this because right. he would he would just take off and it was no big deal. Um, so I have to tell you, season one of Riviera got me through the first like three weeks after I gave birth to Nika, our third, because it was just like my happy place. I would like sit in bed and nurse and watch Riviera when my husband got home from work. Oh. Um, I love the show. I thought I think I think it's like the best escape television. And I'm sorry, there's nothing wrong with like staring at the French Riviera for an hour when you're in the dead of winter in Manhattan. Um, Thank you. Well, yes, absolutely. And you're brilliant in it, obviously. Um, what is, you know, as you, I mean, obviously you're going to make different decisions in your career now because you've got more demands and calls on your time. But what's what's still like really exciting to you or what gets you really jazzed up that you feel like you haven't done yet that you are really looking forward to in, in you know, the next few years? Um, I would love to direct something. I've directed Ooh. some, I've directed some shorts um, and I just loved it. And I, I found that I've been on enough sets where um, I've seen it and I, and I, I finally have gotten to the place where I'm like, Oh, I can do this. Like the fear factor is gone. Um, and I don't really, I've been saying that for a long time and I don't really know what that looks like or how it would happen. Um, but yeah, I would like to direct. And I think there's plenty more opportunities for women now to direct as well. So it seems like it might be possible once I find time, which maybe <laughs> Oh, right. That old thing. Now, I didn't know if I wanted to have another kid. Um, and then as soon as Carmen was born, I literally was like still in the in the room that I delivered her. And I looked at Alec. I was like, oh, my God, like, like, a, like a water slide, like a really scary, like, water like, slide at the park. I was like, I want to go again. That was amazing. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Awesome. Um, would you would you consider having more kids or are you like one and done? No, absolutely. I, I would love to have another kid. Um, I think I, I'd like to enjoy this time now. Um, and it's the people that I know who have children really close in age seem like exponentially more overwhelmed. But mm-hmm. I would, um, but I would, yeah, I would love to. I love it. I love being pregnant. I love having a little one like day in and day out. He's the best. Um, I'm a little bit worried. Like people tell you that it, the second, if you, if you have a, if you have a great one, then the second one's a nightmare. But that's not true, right? Not always. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. No, I mean their dynamic is it gets to be it gets to be complicated. But there is something really so special about having one and that intense, intense bond. I mean, you love the second one just as much as the first. But it's interesting. I mean, just like you said that, you know, your heart is walking outside of you, and then all of a sudden your heart is now split. 
also and walking outside of you in two different directions. And there's something very comforting about just like going in one direction, being able to scoop up your baby, scoop up your heart, holding him close to you and then going off with him. Whereas like the like the more you have, then it's like you got to run in many different directions. And it's it's very emotional, but it's but it's beautiful at the same time. And, you know, I mean, it's not, you have a sibling, correct? I have two. Yeah. Yeah. You have two. They're a lot. They're a lot younger than I am. But but I like, here's the other thing. It's like little things like what I remember when I was pregnant. I would like clockwork. I would get so tired. And by the afternoon, I would have, I would have to take like a deep, like I would just collapse in the bed and take like a deep two hour nap. Like almost that doesn't happen anymore with the yeah, second. Like that it's far gone. Exactly. It's that was the that was my my pregnancy with the second was the was far and away the hardest of any of the pregnancies because you're right the first time people first of all people are encouraging of that they're like take care of yourself take your Epsom salts bath like take a nap whatever relax with the second one you have none of that schedule available to you. And I was just drained. I was really beaten up by the time I gave birth. But here's the beauty. It's tough for the first six months. And then they are permanent playmates for each other. You have to, like, imagine the amount of work that you're doing now to keep him constantly entertained and constantly having fun and learning and stimulated and reaching his milestones and all of that. All of a sudden, then you have a permanent playmate who's always around, who's way more entertaining than you are. Like the stick analogy you said before, from from the point they are six months and beyond, the two of them, my my two have been completely inseparable. They are each other's best, um, best playmates. So anyway, you you put in like ten months plus six months of hell, and then then you, and you just have a to make sure that they reward. don't kill each other gotcha. when they're when they're fighting. I mean, there's there's other there's other complicated things. My my hardest one was. Uh, I don't know what my hardest pregnancy was. I have pretty good pregnancies, but you know, it's not, it's, it's always challenging. Um, but my third one, cause, because my number two, number three are only 14 and a half months apart. Like they're really close together and they're both boys. And so I was super, super pregnant when my second child was learning to walk and like just having that weight and then like that terrifying like time of like when a child is like just starting to toddle oh around oh and like I'm afraid I'm going to fall on top of him. Like it was like a hole and no matter how good my balance is, like I don't care when I have that big belly, my balance is horrible. Oh, it's I'm horrible. Like, <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> and you're, you're worried about everywhere. falling. You're worried about them falling. It's like a lot of like, anxiety. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we do something fun on the show here uh, where we ask people for their favorite thing. So some, it can be like a face cream, a hat, a, a bicycle, I don't know, a workout class, anything that's sort of like changing your life right now that you really love and want to tell the world about. People said deodorants, like anything that really just makes you happy right now. A parenting book. What's anything. your favorite thing? Um, can I do one thing for me and one thing for Strummer for the yes. ideal? Yes. So for me... I would say it's those um, natural bristle body brushes. Let's say that five mm-hmm. times fast. <laughs> the natural bristle brushes. So yeah. like, right after I gave birth, um, you know, you you have to spend the six weeks not exercising, which is fine. And I totally believe in that. I believe like that's a time for healing and that's a time for quietness and just being with your baby and snuggling and, and healing. Um, but my body would get like kind of ornery. Like I wanted to move around. I wanted, I just needed my like circulation going. Um, and so I, before getting in the shower, I would just like vigorously brush with one of these natural bristle brushes. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it, you know, it's like to the point where it kind of tingles and it makes you, it just is invigorating. And I think really it's nice. moving your nice. lymph around too. Totally. Oh yeah. And then for, oh, okay. And then a product I would say, um, that sa- totally saved me when I went back to work was the willow pump. Um, mm-hmm. you know this, the like, mm-hmm. it's like, I haven't tried it. Is it good? 
Because you can, like, wear it around, right? Well, I'm, I wouldn't do that because I would, like... <laughs> and all of a sudden your boobs look, like, that much bigger. <laughs> it's slightly embarrassing. Um, but, no, in, in terms of portability, it was amazing. Because oh, yeah. we'd be filming in, like, on all these different locations. And you'd have maybe a trailer, but, like, the washing all the, the parts for the pump is kind of tricky. And it just, it was a lifesaver. Um, and for Strummer, for the baby, maybe it's obvious, but, you know, the 7 a.m. Enfant... Um, Sleeping bags? The yes, yes. Put on the car seat or in the stroller. Yeah. They're such a game changer in the winter. It's great. Um, but I had the, I'm terrible. I, it, it also means that you don't really have to like bundle them up every time you go outside. Right. I'm going to get in so much trouble for this. But I went to, like, it was like early in the morning. The sun hadn't even come up. I went to the, my strummer was awake. We had, I went to the coffee shop like around the corner and I put him in the sleeping bag and we got to the coffee shop and I realized I didn't put shoes on him. I do that all the time. Yeah, they're cozy. No, it's great. Totally I do it cozy. all the time. Yes. No, no, but like, but like that's also, he loves like running around the coffee shop and saying hello uh, to everybody. Uh, <laughs> so, so I rigged, I rigged, I took my gloves. And I rigged little genius. Look at you, MacGyver. Booties for him. It's only like twenty minutes, and I know I'm going to get shamed for it, and just leave me alone. But anyway, the seven a.m. enfant sleeping bags are so cool because they're really cozy and warm. Oh yeah. And you don't have to have the jacket fight. Just put the hat on. Yep. Yeah. Hat and little gloves. And I love the stroller mitts. Those are like mm-hmm. those yeah, are like mommy you savers. Had, have you had the stroller mitts from them? Oh, no. So they're, so oh, they're you mitts need these. that hook onto the stroller and just like live there all the time. So if you forget your, your gloves, you just on. tuck them into or the... Or you can even, I'll put my gloves sometimes because it's really cold. Because, yeah. you know, if you're outside and you're strolling your child around, your hands get so, so, so cold. And you can just like tuck them in and it's great. Life. Look them up. If your child is obedient and wants to keep their hands in the... No, 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 no. For you. Oh, for me. Oh, no, yeah, they're for are, you. These are for the mom. For, for the, yeah. yeah, no, no, for you. Oh, yeah, no, the kid. People are like, oh, don't, you should put uh, gloves on your kid. I'm like, why don't you try? Why don't you come? <laughs> tell my child he wish to wear his mittens. When he's cold, he'll put his hands inside, okay? He'll figure it out. We all do. <laughs> oh, that's great. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, no, they're, de- they're, they're, they're definitely for you. Well, thank you thank so you. much for taking that time. This was really, really it fun. It was so good to chat with you. <laughs> yeah, it was really nice to chat with you, too. I really love the podcast, honestly. Like, I, I've, I listen to it like almost every night. So you got to make more. You got to make more. Wait, wait, thank you so much for your time, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks a lot. Mom! All right, that was Julia. You know, I thought it was really interesting hearing her talk about <laughs> about talking about her feminist revolution on set. Wait, you know, what, what, what did she call it? Your, your feminist, fem- your feminist revolt, feminist movement, your feminist movement. Because I remember trying to pump on sets and trying to make time for it, and having that awkward conversation that you always have to have, where it's like, I just need fifteen minutes. I know it's not convenient for production, but if you make me wait another three hours, like my breast is going to fall off, and um. And it is uncomfortable. And I give her so much credit for for pushing through it and for saying, I'm committed to this. Like, I'm going to figure out a way to make it work. Um, you know, pumping in the in the back of restaurants and restrooms and trailers and wherever. Because um, it's it, it, it is still 
a most work environments are not conducive to privacy and comfort and like not feeling anxious when you're you know taking a taking a quote unquote Which break. You need to be relaxed in order to because exactly. you know when you're anxious that milk isn't going to come not very easily. Um, yeah, no, I always think about I, this is maybe like TMI just in terms of my insanity brain and the things that I think about not in like a weird gross way wait wait till I say it. do you ever think about green eggs and ham why okay so you know it's like I will eat I will not eat green eggs and yes. ham here and there everywhere and like I think about that in terms of like pumping and breastfeeding of like all the things and I don't know why sometimes I just think I'm like I am like green uh, eggs and ham I do not like you say I am. do not like you said ma'am I will pump here I will pump with a fox I will pump in a box oh I will gosh, pump in a boat and in a tunnel and in the rain and you, you know do. You is it too everywhere. far is that TMI is no. that a little bit too crazy into my brain and how I think of things we love your crazy sometimes I just need to stop speaking and not <laughs> share too much <laughs> no I thought it was really powerful and, and green eggs and ham was powerful green, thanks you know what? thanks that, dash that is your Good. that is your beastie resistance now it's time for our favorite things So now it's time for our favorite things. Daphne, what's your favorite thing? Okay, are you ready for this? All of you out there who wake up and you're running behind already, even from the minute you get out of bed with someone screaming at you (laughs) um, uh, and and needing you right at the outset, and you don't have time to do your hair, and you just want to put something in it that makes it look like maybe you at least ran a brush through it, um, just get it out of your face and give it a style and do it in legitimately 30 30 seconds flat. Headbands. Headbands are my go-to. You have been rocking them. They look so cute on you, too. I am. Thank you. I am obsessed with a cute headband, a great bow. I love a. I love a. If I can figure it out, a turban. I'm into all of these things. <laughs> but um, I've recently discovered these headbands from Lily Sadugi. They're on Instagram. Her last name's kind of hard to spell, so I'll spell it for you. But it's Lily L E L E, and then it's S A D O U G H I. So you want to um, look that up because her headbands are so cute they make the outfit the other thing that i'm really relying on these to do is like hey i put on pajamas let me put a headband on top and then you'll be distracted slash maybe it's fashion um they're just they're they're beautiful they're embellished but like very tastefully so they have ones with little you know uh, sort of costume jewelry all over them like little pearls and and things um beautiful crushed velvets and satins and all different kinds of uh different textures and i just feel like i put one on and no matter how little time i've had i feel like i put some some of myself together um and little hacks like that go a long way to making getting dressed in the morning and putting your best face forward uh feel easy Excellent. You know what? I'm going to be inspired by you and do clothing as well. Um, the most, well, not the most common, one of the most common questions I get on my Instagram are what are those leggings that I wear yes. that go over my heels? I do have good leggings. And I'm going to give you a two part answer because I have now two favorite pairs of pants. So the ones that, like the classic ones, are Lululemon Wonder Under, W U N D R Wonder Under. 
in Luxstream. It has to be the Luxstream. They also have a Luan, but it's a Luxstream. Okay. And then I get them the long ones and then they stay over the feet. People will be like, does that improve your yoga technique? And I'm like, no, it's just cozy. Okay. (laughs) It's just cozy. It's easy. And apparently other people like it too, because the people are always like, what are those pants that go over your heels? Maybe one day in like 10 years, I'm like, what was I doing? You know what I mean? But whatever. Wait, what's Luxstream? Luxstream is their, is their fabric. It's a very thin fabric that like sucks you in. Get the high rise ones as well as especially if you have had a child, the high rise, there's nothing like a high rise pants. Um, and then, um, and then the other one that I've been wearing recently, um, are carbon 38 and they have a very, very shiny pant that makes you feel like really like Catwoman <laughs> sexy. Um, and they also can do that like whole over the heel thing. I'm, I, you know, I'm partnering up with them to not not that they're sponsoring me or anything but we're doing a class together so I'm going to go back to to teaching and I'm doing a class for Girls Inc so all the proceeds go to Girls Inc and I know I'm really excited I'm so I love nothing more than teaching a class and um, being able to donate all the money to charity Um, so it's yoga for a good cause nothing like that but their pants um, are absolutely amazing they're super shimmery and they have a very similar feel to the Wonder Under ones that I've been wearing forever so those are two pairs of pants and in the time that she gave that she's already bought the double clicking to buy on her iphone (laughs) the lux dream in my size coming right to my house yes yes fabulous thank Thank you you for for listening listening. don't forget to rate subscribe and review please and email us at mombrainpod at gmail.com this is mom brain with alaria baldwin and daphne oz Mom Brain is a Gallery Media Group original production.